and we are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land, and welcome to another exciting episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your dungeon master, Mikey, who gets the amazing privilege to run some of my greatest friends through my own homebrew world of high seas adventures and hijinks and shenanigans. I love this campaign so much. But you can follow me all over the socials at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions, where you're going to want to give us a like, follow, and a subscribe on the YouTubes to stay up to date on all the season two projects we got going on. There's a lot of them, and we have something for everyone. So make sure to go check them out. As always, I am joined by my amazing cast of players. We're going to do introductions plug anything they got going on, and then also reminding everyone who they play as in this campaign. Jace, I'm going to decide you go first. <laughs> How's it going? I'm Jace for JC Vanguard on TikTok. You can find me there if you really feel like it and not really point. Tonight I'm playing Tidek Azimamat, the fighter gem dragonborn, who's also the cat deck. Calls him. Meow. Meow. Cat deck is the mood. Alrighty, JVL, you're next. Hi, I'm John Van Luling. I am playing the party's druid human being, and I will be hopefully healing and keeping people alive while also taking the blood of my enemies. Which is uh, which has been a fun thing that is in the course of this campaign. Finally, coming back in who knows how long, hearing his beautiful voice over here on this particular podcast, John. <laughs> It has been a while. Hi, my name is John. I'm affectionately called the professor here at Vibe Tribe. I want a bunch of different things. You can find me on TikTok if you want to. I just started posting there again a few weeks back, and it's been very interesting. Uh, tonight, I am Fila, and I've also played various NPCs here in the past, and I'm almost caught up to speed. There's a lot of stuff that's happened, so I'm going to wing it, and we're going to see how it kind of sort of goes. <laughs> we love it. And of course, last but certainly not least, it, we have Josh. Hi, everybody. It's me, MG Preacher. You may know me from multiple games in Season 1. Tonight, I will be playing the party's paladin, Dodic Valgard. Tonight's going to be a fun one. This should be interesting. Unfortunately, we are missing a couple of our party members. We are missing our lovable ankle-biting goblin, our arcane archer, Corvus, played by the amazing Amador. We are missing our punchy birdman, Soren, who is played by Dakota. And we are also missing what we have affectionately dubbed our ranger murder grandpa, a.k.a. Fedin, played by the amazing Josh. So make sure you go show them some love all over the socials and all the other projects they are a part of on Vibe Tribe. But... With that out of the way, let's get into a bit of a recap. Last time on Call of the Deep, y'all entered in this underwater cavern in the hopes of retrieving this orb that is needed to reactivate the magical defense system back in Waterdeep, which was taken by the king of the underwater kingdom y'all are in. And you were met face to face with a giant squid-like octopus monster thing let's just say it wasn't happy that you were trying to make off with the with the orb so the entire session was just a nice back and forth of trying to get out of there alive in one piece i will be completely honest this was the closest fight where i actually thought we would have a tpk because there were some very tense moments lots of people 
We're losing lots of HP over the course of the fight. Some cool shit happened with a lot of our characters. But in the end, the Scorch Shield was successful in defeating this monster and was able to grab the orb as well as chop up part of the monster for use of calamari later for some of them. So, yes, you also have some pieces for food and some other trauma thing. Yes, there's a lot of things that went down. But that is essentially where we left off as you guys exit. <laughs> this cave is where we ended last session. So the Scorch Shield, you all find yourselves outside of this underwater cavern. Some of you looking a little better. Some of you looking a little worse for wear. But in hindsight, most of you guys, all of you are still alive. Barely, but you're still alive. <laughs> so as you guys collect your thoughts a little bit, you. What's the word I'm looking for? Basically, you walk back into town of this underwater kingdom or swim in certain cases. <laughs> Or in some people's cases, you're just traveling in the bubbles. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. Thank you. <laughs> so some of you are swimming. Some of you are just floating. Because I forgot our paladin. I was wearing heavy armor, so he's literally an anchor walking on the floor. <laughs> and then some people are trying Even to hamster the water. You still hear yes. <laughs> the point being is that you all make your way into town. And as you all make your way back to the underwater castle, the folks, the citizens of the kingdom are just watching you as you are walking down the main path. <laughs> you see the paladin just pop out of the ocean like Honey Rider and just clang out the surf onto the sand. Piece of seaweed behind him. Just There's so much seaweed, it's just kind of became a cake. It's everywhere. He is the lord of the ocean. Are we walking up and out of the water, or are we underwater in this town? Y'all are still underwater. Okay, I was just point. making sure. I was like, we live where the town is underwater. Okay, great. Thank you. So you guys are, yeah, so all of you are walking up this main promenade that leads to this underwater castle, and the citizens are kind of just staring at you, but yes, there is a nice flowy seaweed cape now for Dadik. I'd rather walking than going yeah. and being killed by a giant octopus. It wasn't that bad. I don't think it was. How do you get? How do you puke while getting pulled? Very easily, and it just goes behind you as you're getting pulled. <laughs> yeah, it just goes up along my face. Yeah, <laughs> you know, underwater, it wipes itself off. The fish eat it behind you. It's all perfect. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it's only it's so great when you're going eighty feet per second. Yeah, it's great. We love it. You just don't stop suddenly, and then you're just choking on it again. Yes. Thankfully, hold up. Now that we brought this up, Tidak, why don't you roll me a constitution saving throw real quick? <laughs> I am the thing that my body hates. I'm literally enveloped by it. Plus four, that makes a 17. Okay, you're fine. Tidak, no ever so often you find yourself trying not to hork everywhere, given the fact that you don't necessarily like the ocean. Even though you're underwater, you could still get seasick. But you, despite getting smacked around by a giant octopus monster, you seem to be doing pretty well not tossing your cookies. I don't think he's any left. I think I'm more concerned about getting healed since I'm pretty low, and I'm more worried about one thing and focusing on the other. You trip over a bucket, five points of damage. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you're fine. 
No, so you all make your way back. I didn't know my name was Max. I'll give some context for that afterwards. But yes, go check out our Desk Rail Monster of the Week game because that shit was funny. Anyways, you all make your way up to this castle, back into the throne room. And once again, you find the king of Aquatica just sitting on his throne. And as you enter in, he swims all over to you and just looks at you. It's, you didn't die, so that's a good thing. Damn near. I mean, I did say it was going to be a tough one. Damn, wherever you would be nice if we had a warning of a giant creature trying to kill us. We had a warning, of it, and I still yes, did because we're gonna get attacked by it. We're gonna go pick it up. I was an octopus. Aren't octopuses stealthy? Isn't that their thing? Mm-hmm. They're known and for you being. You didn't ink big enough. We almost died. Fair. It's hard to ink when I'm dragging everyone behind me. Only two people. Don't even. Don't even act like it was a big deal. No, you bitches didn't even want to go in the water. <laughs> I got tricked. But your intelligence goes lower, so are we surprised? <laughs> Fight me. All day? No, it's kidding. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll get you back in game later. Going into town. <laughs> yes, you made your way back into the castle. <laughs> Giant and... bubble in our head, yep. Yep. Literally sandy cheeking it here with this air bubble over your head. <laughs> Not for me. Because you're special. Are you an octopus or are you a shark at this point? I'm neither. I'm just me. I also have gills. Yes, that is right. So you're vanilla. You, you are vanilla hue at the moment. Vanilla <laughs> hue. I think it's vanilla hue. <laughs> you're not transformed. You're just you're hue. Give it a shot. No, God. Do you have Kevin Costner gills? Is that what this is? Like <gasps> Waterworld? Or is this oh, like. No, they're like on his chest. And they just drop <laughs> under his armor like this. So you see his armor. We, have we never asked you about it? We just see you. Nobody does. <laughs> I haven't been in the water as Hugh. Every time we've been in the water, I was a shark and octopus. I had wild shaped at the time to help drag the party down. I didn't need to, but that's what I had to do. So this is the first time we've seen you like this. Yes. <laughs> okay. Am I, can I? Do are we aware of this, Mikey, or is this new information to us? Before I say anything, new. No. The brand new i'm gonna leave i would see as the dm i'm gonna say yes but i'm gonna leave it up to jpl if he had disclosed this information to the party prior because if not then this is the first time it's not abnormal to hugh so there's no reason why he would have taken time to tell people this was happening like he just was assumed you understand that he's strange on the other side of it there is like a good seven hour period where Hugh doesn't remember from the party at King Renax's, so he might have done tricks that he doesn't know he did. Oh, that's right, because y'all got plastered and we're missing a couple of hours of that night. Exactly. I have a question about Hugh's pamphlets under the water here. Uh-huh. Are they still, like, wetter than all hell, wetter than the wet we are in? Or are Hugh they, like... Ba- Hugh holds his bag out and says, reach in. No. They won't you be any wetter. There might be something shiny in there. There might be, They're not any wetter, but the water is much colder. Like, it's colder than the ambient water. <coughs> Weird. Like, you got used to the temperature of the water, but if you stick your hand in Hughes' back, for some reason, the temperature's a little colder. It feels like the abyss, because I'm closer to the abyss, and the closer I get, the closer the water goes home to. Weird. I'm going to assume that during the seven hours of Drunken Mayhem that there were gill jokes, because that's just funny to me. Yes. So I think we're aware of 
that they are there, but it's not necessarily like we're demystified by it a little bit. But I'm still going to stare in awe of how the fuck is this happening? Because and then I'm going to point. I'm going to poke the gill just a little bit, and I'm just going to ask, "How do these work? You never explained." And just poke the outside of it. Have you never seen a fish breathe underwater? I've seen a fish die on land. I've never seen yes. a fish breathe. Think of it in terms of if you had to take the air from the ups- upstairs world and instead of putting it inside your lungs, you basically rubbed your insides with it and scrubbed it of all the oxygen and shot it out your backside. So you, you fart, fart water and you fart oh, water I and don't. breathe in air? I don't. Air would have to be farted. That's how I assume that the regular land person biology works. Mine goes, it goes in and out over the, the sacks that, uh, that basically scrub the water for air here. Did you just describe breathing as... You'd be farting water. Right? You described breathing as an inverse fart, that we fart in the oxygen and then out yes. the water. Isn't that how it works? That's what I've been doing on the surface when I breathe that breathe air. You think so you're farting? Always smells around you. Maybe that, perhaps that, that the changing process from my former form reversed the flow, or I assumed reversed the flow of how air worked within my body to make room for the other parts. But I could be incorrect. I always breathe out of my own anus. I was wondering why your mouth always smelled like shit. It is my respiration. It is a one-way system. It is not circular. Unlike my gills, very circular. The water goes in and out. But my my land breathing has become one way. Feel is going to nod politely and walk away, checking her butt and her mouth. Like, how does this work? (laughs) Very confused. And then uh, slowly walk farther into the castle. I assumed everyone was on board with how that worked. I do not remember much of my life before becoming the way I am. I just assumed they had reversed things to make it better because I knew that breathing was inefficient. As we're walking along wherever we are, if I see a sharp corner, I'm going to use the... I'm going to use it to start scratching my back like a cat would. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) So, is there anything in this castle? Like, anything we can do? It's an abandoned castle, obviously. There's nothing. I'm just like, it's a cat. It's like the bottom of a fish tank castle? I know how I described it, to be honest. And you all are having this conversation in front of the king who... It's not like... He's just listening and he's just just nodding along to hearing the conversation. It's not so much where he's... Oh, how rude of you to talk about this. He's like, y'all are some weird people and I'm digging it. There's still more to come. So at this point, King Aquatica... I'm just looking at him, just mouthing... (laughs) Go for it. I'm just looking at him, and I'm just mouthing the words, I don't even know. As you're just, like, standing there as a statue, because you're literally an anchor. (laughs) So at this point... I am anchor man. Yes. Behold my cape. (laughs) At this point, King Aquatica extends his hand towards the group and says, I believe you have the orb. Hugh produces it, brings it out, hands it to him. So as soon as King Aquatica, you hand him the orb, he begins to take his free hand and place it on top. And you begin to hear him chant something. Hugh, do you? And this goes for the rest of the party. Who speaks Aquin here? Or if anyone does, for that matter. Check this. I I think Hugh does. I do not. I speak Vidalkin. I don't speak Aqua. We've had this problem multiple times. 
took the Dalkin to speak to Aspect to our gaseous friend who is no longer with us. And I did not take Aquin, which I could have done. I have telepathy. I can hear him in my head, but I can't understand him. It's the same language. Wait, you have gills and you don't speak the water they speak under lang under I'm a <laughs> He's I, a mutant. So he's not a mutant. water. He's Here's the metagame. I was a half elf before they experimented on me and turned me into this. So this is not like I speak Druidic. I speak Vidalkin because gaseous form ass bag guy helped me out. But I don't speak Aquin because I'm not a mer person. I'm a mutant. Am. He don't speak goldfish. Yes, that is very true. Oh, I'm so excited to dive more into that backstory. Just as FYI, common lexicon and telepathy. That's all I got for you. Telepathy is not a language. (laughs) That's what it says here. I got. I do. I have primordial, but that's probably nothing that's helpful. (laughs) You just see Philo there going, (laughs) which is so random. Like primordial, like what? How do you That's the name. One human throat sound like rocks crunching together. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't put this here. What the hell is that? I didn't yes. put this here. JC Vanguard, watch stream. <laughs> I didn't put this here. Uh, I'm gonna click watch stream. Are you streaming right now? This telepathy. Sorry, everyone. This, this is terrible I podcasting. Don't I don't want to click that, actually. But I don't know if that's a... JV a just hit something that says watch stream on the Discord. We don't know what's going to happen if I hit this. I don't want to get my, like, another virus on my computer because... <laughs> no, this is just... I'm looking at... It's his character <laughs> sheet. And if you look at languages, you can see telepathy. That's hilarious. It says, Gem Dragonborn Achieved. Yeah, man. You're okay. streaming at 720p. Nice. Nice. He actually good. can without his computer fucking crashing. I can, right? It's great. Yes. It's great. Yes. I am a mutant. I'm sorry. I'm not (laughs) useful as I could be. I could turn into an animal and see if they understand the animal noises I'm making, but that's about it. Listen, (laughs) you are okay. Fart breathing animal. (laughs) Are you able to speak the language of the animal you turn into? I can make noises like it because I can't speak. (laughs) Oh my God. We're going to speak bubbles. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, so the point being, nobody speaks awkward. <laughs> nobody speaks awkward here. <laughs> so as you all take a look at King Aquatica, he begins to chant something in awkward, though you have no idea what he said. And he you s- yes, does it, does it sound like whale from Finding Nemo? <laughs> so it takes uh, three days for him to say ent whales because the ents take forever to come up with a thought, and then it takes that's, that's, speaking in whale is even worse. That's what that is. Anything oh, worth saying in whale. Anyways, he's chanting something in Aquan. We broke Mikey. Yeah, for those of you of listening, this didn't go off the rails so quick. Mikey has <laughs> quite literally cracked down the center. No, this went off the rails and into the ravine. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to be back. I'm so glad to be here. Do you mean the Marianas Trench? <laughs> oh my god. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So in a language we can't speak that sounds like whale, the Aquas King says... Every time that I can speak, and I can't. The R begins to light up, and <laughs> after a few moments, it goes from this kind of dull color, and now it's this light aquamarine color, and you Imagine can just me? do I like do I like camouflage out because it's the same color that I am? You know what? Yes. 
<laughs> you glitch out. You just disappear. Where did you go? Exactly. So uh, King Aquatica gives you the orb back cue and says, it is now functionable again, so you may take it back to the wizard and back on the surface and uh, take care of what you need to. Can I say what you said there was beautiful. It brought a tear to my heart. Oh, exactly what you said there. King Aquatica just nods. <laughs> what did you say? I have no clue. <laughs> We, we appreciate your help in this, and we do. Waterdeep will know that it owes you a grand favor for saving its life. King Aquatica once again just nods and says, My pleasure. And should you find yourself in these waters again, if you need my help, just send me a message or come back and visit. I'd be more than happy to help you out. We appreciate it. The Scorch Shield is in your debt. Ooh. You beat me to it! Just a chorus of uh, You just hear a loud of all the going as dark face palms. <laughs> yes. So with inside his, uh, he says, I, "I believe we'll be back to the surface." Then we appreciate your help on this, and keep an eye out for the pirates in case they do break their promises to you. I will keep that in mind. Now, let's get you back, shall we? And with his trident, King Aquatica can just stamps the floor of his palace. And coming, because this is like an open air design for a throne room, open water design, I should say. There's no backing to it. It's too. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's like a it's like a fish tank castle. The little like unicorn on a rock just flimsily moves. <laughs> so this is an open water design. So there's opening across the sides, and as soon as King Aquatica stamps his trident into the floor, you just see a rush of what looked to be water kind of jets begin to pulsate and fly through the palace each kind so think of oh, i forgot what the name is but in finding nemo where all the turtles are swimming through crushing them think of that the sub current. yeah, yeah the sub australian current so think of that coming through and whisking you guys away and propelling you back towards water deep is there is king aquatica wearing pants or is King Aquatica like a mermaid or something? He's. <laughs> I just had a question before I. And he's a merman. Merman. <laughs> so King so King Aquatica is a Saugin. So you guys have had experience with this, but he's not under some sort of mind control trying to kill you. But no, nice. he's not wearing pants. Thank you for visiting the kingdom of Jacuzzi. Enjoy the bubbles. <laughs> All right, cool. You get Jacuzzi back to the surface. <laughs> You get Jacuzzi jetted back to the surface world. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Because of my heavy armor, it takes me a little bit longer to get jetted out of there. <laughs> it takes two of them. Yes. And up you go. <laughs> For a minute there, I'm just standing there. All that water is spraying up against me and everything. It's like... I'm just imagining um, comedically, like, one of the jet streams is trying to push you, but the- it can't move. And it's weird because it's, like, sentient, but not Literally. really. So it, like, t- it, like, takes... It take it nods its little head for a couple of jets to come over and help. It's like <laughs> exactly, and a couple more push behind there in order to push. Yeah, to push Donnick back up to the surface. For any of the Simpsons nerds, this is a reference to Treehouse of Horror number four, where the aliens <laughs> try to abduct Homer and have to use two beams to pick <laughs> yeah. him up off the earth. 
Carry on. Played reference there. Played reference. Yes. I love this cast so much. Why do I see it? Like, we get pushed up to the top of the surface, and we all, like, come up okay. We're in the waves and everything else. And Dottic just goes shooting, like, 10 feet out of the water and falls back to it. That's exactly what happens. There's, like, Like, a crater crater in the sand. Superhero landing. Superhero landing. (laughs) (laughs) Can he roll to see if he sticks to the landing? You know what? Yes. Go ahead and roll me an acrobatics check, Dottic. Yes. So to give some context, right? You got it. So you all get pushed up the shore like gently and nicely and y'all are on your feet. You're like, where's Dodic? And all of a sudden you just see like torpedoed out of the water. <laughs> He's I, Tony Stark in the Iron Man Mark One suit. In the first yes. Iron Man coming down <laughs> to the dune. All right. I stick the landing. What do you get? 20 plus two. Let's plus go. 20 of the night. Let's go. Oh. Uh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just uh, standing there. Uh, y'all's just standing there, like, "Where's Darak?" And all of a sudden, this massive jet stream just comes blowing out of the water and just slam down. There's a crater now, na- crater where I landed. Seaweed cape still intact. Camera pans over to us, and just you see the splash of sand on all three of our faces. Yes, <laughs> and, addi- and additional seaweed. Yep. I'm also thinking comically one of you like got hit with like starfish like pasties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> starfish pasties and dead fish and who else knows what else. It's out of mackerel. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So we have a seaweed cape. We have a wet tortilla hat. <laughs> this arc has everything. It's so good. We've landed sweet land. I believe so we have to bring this back to the wizard's lab and have him place it on the pedestal. Are you still breathing farts even though we're not in the water anymore? Hold on. He shakes a little bit and just pushes the water out of his chest so it all dribbles down. I have cleared my gills and now I am breathing re- rectally again. Felix is going to give a strange look and again check her mouth and butthole as she walks away towards wherever we're going. God damn it, you guys! <laughs> Hugh's going to look at this and realize that she's been doing it a lot lately and just start doing it, like, reflexively. Oh, no! As if it's, like, a greeting or something. Maybe she needs to, he's just doing it with her as, a, as, like, a goodbye. It's a good thing we're past the five-minute mark. <laughs> it's all good. All right, so all of you, so while some of you are checking your mouth and buttholes, apparently, <laughs> you all make your way back to... You all make your way back to Romulus's tower. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> we climb the tower. Yes, you knock on the door opens, and you all enter the tower and get back on the elevator as it takes you back to the top of the tower. Romulus is there just literally making battle plans and schematics and things like that. And as he sees you all come up the elevator, he's like, ah, oh, you didn't die. That's a good thing. <laughs> Everyone keeps... Yeah, everyone keeps saying we were supposed to die. Were we supposed to die? You're not supposed to die. That would go against a whole lot of things, but I should have given you guys more faith than I did. It is hard to place faith in someone when you yourself gambled away the thing you needed to protect your city. It's tough to trust at that point. You got it back. Eh, Everything's all copacetic. Why did you gamble away your city's defense in the first place? My friend, in order to hear that story, you'll have to buy me a few drinks first. We can do that later. No, I don't like Your orb, Romulus. So Romulus takes the orb from you, Hugh. 
And then he goes to this. He goes to the control panel and he places the orb inside the spherical inglet slot that, you know, where it goes. And you just see the control panel begin to light up the same aquamarine color. (laughs) And as you all, because there is a window at the top of this tower, as you look out the window with the orb back in place and its magical properties turned on above the city of Waterdeep, you start to see what look to be these kind of runic markings begin to appear above the city itself. And once dwarven runes or like (laughs) what type of runes? Yeah, actually, these are dwarven runes. Yeah. (laughs) So one after the other, they begin to pop up over the city in a circular design. Think of it as see, this is a deep cut because I play a lot of JRPGs, right? (laughs) The point being is if anyone has played the Tales series, specifically Symphonia or Vesperia, there's a particular security system that uses like runic magic to create a barrier around the cities. So it's essentially like that. So essentially mechanically with the orb back into place, it's going to make it a little harder for the pirates to completely ambush. Now these things protect the city, but Romulus also tells you all that these things also have the capability to fires. Basically these are just giant magical Runes that also have the ability to release a crap ton of magic missiles when need be. <laughs> yep. Can I? This you can tell me, yeah or nay. This is totally on you. Can you either describe Rom is Romulus? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Describe Romulus to me as a person, or can I do a perception check to see if he is even keel and a good person or bad person or anything like that? So I can give you. So here's what I'll do. I can give you the description for free. But if you want to get a sense to see whether he has good or bad intentions after I give you the description, if you would like, I can let you do an insight check. Yes, please. Thank you. That'd be perfect. Romulus is this short (laughs) little wizard. So he is, I believe we said that he is a halfling, if not a dwarf. No, he's a dwarf. Yes, he's a dwarf. I have that in my notes. I'm remembering now. So he's a stout little dwarf. And he's, again, the way I described him is think of like your very stereotypical surfer vibe. So he has like the most gaudiest, like Tommy Bahama looking ass shirt. And he's committing the most egregious fashion crime by wearing a bunch of puka shell necklaces. And he has flip flops on and swim trunks on. Yeah, I had this face at 19. Carry on. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Because <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm from California and we all have that moment. Anyway, I'm Mexican. I never had that moment, but I understand. You're cooler than me. And I had to be like <laughs> all the other white kids. Carry on. <laughs> but yes. So Robbie, this wizard literally looks like your stereotypical surfer bra from California. He's no, not even flip flops. He's wearing like Birkenstocks. <laughs> oh, Expensive ones. All right. Now, go go ahead ahead and roll me an insight to see what you can glean. Insight. And insight, that's a... Ooh, nat 20. Damn! Damn. Let's go! Damn. I'm I'm really afraid for when we get to this fight in in two weeks. (laughs) I know, we're going to roll all our 20s now and not have any in two weeks from now. (laughs) 
you guys, this is not going to end up well. Alrighty, so, Fila, given that you as a person have a pretty good insight when it comes to reading people, as you are just observing the mannerisms and the actions that this surfer bra wizard is currently displaying in front of you, you get the sense that he's not necessarily like evil. He leans more towards the good side of things, but it's one of those things where he mostly is a good hearted person, but he's also the type of person where his vices tend to catch up with him and he's mischievous and he has this lackadaisical attitude and eh, it'll work itself out kind of thing. But there's nothing nefarious that you can sense from him. Cool. Great. I will not do the next thing I was thinking. Carry on. Perfect. <laughs> I'm interested to see what that would have been. But anyways. So with the system back online, Romulus turns to the rest of you. It's like, all right. So it seems that the big issue has been taken care of. So we should be all right for tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he thinks and Romulus thinks about it a little bit. Ah, oh, that means I actually got to do work. Fuck. All right. As he's, as he's saying that, uh-huh. Hugh has slowly walked away from the group and is finding a way to dive into the tank. It is open, so if you want to dive in the tank, go right ahead. Yep. I want to swim down to the bottom and see fun in there that I could swipe. <laughs> okay. So, let's do that. So, as Romulus is having this conversation, Hugh, you cannonball, your, you dive into... <laughs> this tank all of a sudden you start hearing you start to hear this harmonic singing it's like, look at this stuff isn't it neat <laughs> actually it's either that <laughs> or you hear another voice be like poor unfortunate soul <laughs> and you hear for some reason you also as you're diving further and further down into this tank for some reason you also hear like a bad Jamaican under the sea happening <laughs> I see the nightmare fuel flounder from the new movie. Sure. Oh my gosh. I was I'm terrified. But I'm he's gonna go watch that. Is Romulus distracted looking in the tank as Hugh jumps in? He's conversating with everyone who's paying attention. So part of his personality is when he starts getting to talking, he doesn't really pay attention to anything else because he's so self-absorbed with what he's spouting. So Hugh, as you're going further down this tank. As you're like swimming down, you pass some fish and some other smaller sea creatures on your way down into this cylindrical fish tank. And as you reach the bottom, you see some coral, you see some rock formations, you feel like the faux gravel underneath your feet. Yuck. (laughs) I know you're just like, ew. And as you look around this fish tank, you do see some fake rock formations hidden amongst real rock formations. But you do see what looks to be a pretty decently sized like fish tank, like treasure chest hidden amongst the coral. I'm going to investigate it. I want to see what's in this chest. All right. So go ahead and roll me and investigate and see what what happens. It wasn't a net 20. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> It was an 18 with my plus one. All right. So 
Hugh, as you pop open this treasure chest, it's I a mimic. Mean, <laughs> oh man, an underwater mimic. Why didn't I think of that? I'm gonna keep put that in my notes for later. <laughs> See what you did. I <laughs> no, remember this. the one mimic one that I saw that was actually horrifying that I didn't even want to see, but we'll talk about that later. Yes. Oh, stories. We'll get to those. Hugh, as you open up the treasure chest inside, you see what you normally see, like in a smaller fish tank, treasure chest, fake doubloons. You found and, a compass. And so like fake piece, like fake gemstones and crystals and all that, like very plasticky. However, you also seem to find a small pouch that is hidden in this treasure chest. It's a black bag with a small rope attached to it to keep it closed. I'm not going to open it. I'm just going to pocket it. Okay, cool. And I'm going to take a couple of the fake doubloons and stuff and swim up with them afterwards. Like showing them off. Look what I found. Alrighty. So you pop up out at the tank and you hold it up with everyone turning around the scene. Hugh is learning deception from Fila. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, so you pop up the tank and you, I'm assuming you put the, once you get back where everyone else is, you put the bag in your pouch. Oh no, I put it in there under the water. Like it was in the water. I was in that little cave thing with the thing so no one else could see me and I pocketed it in the water. Uh, so it doesn't look like I have it when I swam up. Gotcha. Alright, so Hugh, later, when you choose to open up that pouch, I will let you know what you find. I appreciate that. I have the perfect item ready to go. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not bad, I promise. It's a mimic inside a mimic. (laughs) Alrighty. So, Romulus is like, alright, now I got things I gotta do, so... I pop out of the tank, thank you, I really wanted to do that last time and take a lap. That is a beautiful tank. Why, thank you. I wish you asked first, but it is what it is, and it's fine. Would you say Romulus is distracted right now? Yes. Oh, he will be in a second, because I'm going to push all the water out of my gills. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go ahead, go do it. There you go. (laughs) So while Romulus is the fart expulsion of water, I'm going to try and pick Romulus's pocket. All right, give me a sleight of hand. Do I get advantage because he's distracted? Yes. I do! I found these as well, Romulus. They were in the bottom of your tank. They were outside the chest. I don't know if they got blown out by some bubbles or something. <laughs> you just hand them fake doubloons. <laughs> yeah. So with advantage, it's a 19. Okay, so you're able to go into his pockets and swipe. You find a nice little hefty pouch of coins, so you find yourself... Now I say hefty, it's not really a lot, but this is like a... Tw- you have a pouch of... Tw- you just snatched 25 gold from this man. So add that to your inventory. That's a lot of gold. Hey, he has a gambling problem. (laughs) I, I'm not going to do anything. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, we'll let you plan now. We'll get out of your hair or other tower things and let us know how we can be useful in the attack to come. Oh, don't worry. I'll come find you guys later tonight once I have everything. But you should probably return to the castle and let's. Lady Red X know that everything is a-okay. For the most part. <laughs> Hugh does the check his mouth, check his butt thing to him, and then he walks away. Like Romulus, like, quizzically does the same thing. And in his head, it's like, he saying to himself, is that a thing that they do? Is that, like, a custom? I don't know. And he does it, like, just not to be rude. 
Oh no, we broke, broke John. Broke <laughs> we broke the professor. It's just so funny to me. It is a beautiful thing. But you all exit out the tower and then you start making your way back to the castle. As we're walking, I'm going to pull the pouch out and start looking at it. Are you trying Not to do the, the tower? Not in the tower. Just no, what I'm, no, what I'm asking is, are you doing this? Are you trying to do this secretively or are you going to do it in front of your compatriots? Oh, I'm going to do it in front of my compatriots. All right, cool. I'm not good at being a thief. I've done it <laughs> so far, but I've never hidden anything. Um, all right, hold up. Let me get to the page real quick. Rut row. Rut row. It's like a sentient, like, bangle. Boink, In a weird to make an accent or something. Kinky. <laughs> Did you just describe what's his name from Futurama? Yep. <laughs> Hermes. It's Hermes. Hermes, yes. Okay, hold up. Where did I leave it? There you are. Ooh, okay. You got to non hover and hover car. Oh, that's a section 4G violation. Oh, God. It's a section 4G. All right. I love you guys so much. <laughs> it's always a good session when I can break the professor. The fact that you, that he thinks that's a customary greeting is fantastic. You've done it multiple good. times. He's just glomming on to it. No, that's why it's great. Okay. You ready for this shit? I'm ready for this shit. Okay, so Hugh, as you open up the pouch, examine what's inside. Inside of it, it's there for anything, but inside you find a what looks to be a small little vial of some sort. And the thing that immediate there's two things that immediately jump out at you. The first thing that the, as you take a look at the viscosity and the kind of color of the liquid inside the vial, you see that it is like a pitch black in color. But more strikingly, as you take a look at the bottom of the vial, you see engraved in the bottom of this vial looks to be a like the top, like a human skull around it. And it's got a cracks all over it now. It's an ornate kind of decoration, so it's not like an actual tiny skull. But essentially. Now, <laughs> I'll give you all the I'll put this in your notebook for all the details. But you, my friend, have found one vial of what is called the bo- a bottled abyss. Oh, this. So let me read the description. So this vial has a single gold dose of a fuming pitch black poison inside of it. So. When a creature eats or drinks the poison, it takes 4d6 psychic damage and must make a DC constitution DC 18 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature becomes blind and unable to sleep. When an infected creature attempts to rest, their dreams are plagued with terrible nightmares preventing them from benefiting from a long rest. The creature can reattempt the saving throw once every 24 hours. The poison lasts until the affected creature succeeds on a saving throw or is cured by greater restoration, heal, or the wish spell. Dear God. Ooh. I'm telling you, Romulus is up to... Con- Romulus is not evil, but he is a wizard and a scientist, so he's got some fucked up shit in his tower. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Can't you see his collections? Holy fuck. <laughs> Do we see... Hugh looking at this Hugh, thing. Hugh is entranced by this. He has no idea what the fuck this is. Do I know what it is? Should I roll? No, Fila. 
given your class and also some backstory stuff, you exactly know what this is. Right. I would think so. I'm going to politely walk up to Hugh and say, uh, be careful with that. Where did you find that? Oh, I found it in his tank when I took a swim. And I put it back in the black velvet bag. And I put it back in my pocket. Good. Keep that safe. Oh, I'm, I, I assume I have to. I would not trust that to him who loses things in games. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to walk away, not checking my face or butt. Oh, I, I still do. <laughs> the Jesse, I don't. Am I doing something wrong? Corvus just shrugs. <laughs> So are, oh are we walking? Goodness. We're walking to the Queen, castle. The castle. Lady the okay. Yeah, Lady Red Axe. Oh, you that's know, they have, they yeah. have the regular Red Axe, and then they sell you for more the Lady Red Axe, which is like pink candles. And... <laughs> no, Fila, you have a more intimate relationship with Lady Red Axe, given the fact that you work for her dad, King Red Axe, back at Gunderlin. So you, okay, she Fila, Lady Red Axe, on a more personal level, because technically. Essentially, you two grew up together. <laughs> okay, and are we in a good way or in a bad way? Are we f- in a good way? In a good way. Okay, great. So, all of you guys end up back at the castle. You proceed through the front gates and you make your way back to the meeting room where everything goes down in this castle. And you just see Lady Red Axe. Before she started putting together like a giant cork board of everything and, and trying to get more information. And before you left for the tower, it was bare, and as you guys return, you just see this thing is like full-blown murder status. <laughs> like, full murder board status. It's got, like, strings attached everywhere, sticky notes all over the place, like... Full conspiracy full, theory? Okay. Full conspiracy theory. It's a Pepe Silva board, right? It's just crazy shit all <laughs> over the thing, right? I'm going to walk in and stare at the board, conspiracy board. Can I roll insight on if I know any of the names and faces on said board? Sure. Or if that's useful in any way, I'm going to roll for that. I'll roll for that. Roll to see what you get. Sorry about that. 15. Nice. Alright, so... This is going to be fun. Uh, John, I'm going to give you... I'm going to send you something in your notebook on Discord. Cool. I love being secretive. <laughs> We're hiding things from each other. It's to protect you. It's to keep you safe. So let me give this information to John and then we'll keep going. Tidak really wants to go shopping. I just want some gear, man. Patient. Patient. And sent. Thank you. To me, you idiot. Imagine if I put in the wrong notebook. <laughs> but yes. So that is what you immediately recognize. And as you all walk into the room, Lady Red X turns around and is just like, An- another job well done. It seems that you have not died yet. So that is a good thing. Why wow, do you are- think we're going to die? I did get the reports from my father and your escapades while you were at the Gunderland. I do apologize because I shouldn't be making the assumptions, but uh, y'all are... All of you are very interesting characters. Let's just say that. But I see that you got the defense system back online, which means that you ended up helping Romulus. So that is a good thing. All right. So I think 
it's about time that we talk about exactly what to expect to model. And she pulls over her like murder board <laughs> to the table. Exactly. So here is what I was able to gather while you were helping with Romulus and getting the defense system up and running. So as you have already mentioned, when you arrived here, the Black Armada is on its way. And they want this piece of Kalina's candor from Waterdeep. I, I am not going to lie. It is going to be a rough fight. So while I have all of the guards and the basically the Waterdeep military forces ready to go, I'm definitely more than likely going to rely on all of you because you continue to surprise me at every turn. Well, I say this as a joke that you haven't died yet, but you have proved yourselves very capable. But I am going to need to rely on your strength for tomorrow to not just keep the city safe, but to also keep its citizens safe. And I know it's a lot to ask, and some of you may not want to be a hero, I guess is the term. But I... And for the first time since you guys arrived here, this facade of a very confident and charismatic leader fades a little bit. And you start to see peeking through a little vulnerability. And you can see the earnest... You can see her earnestly genuinely worried and you see a softer and more caring side of Lady Red Axe as she is asking for your help to keep the city that she's in charge of and its citizens safe. So for a brief moment you see this charismatic confident woman become more vulnerable and open up a little bit which is quite a surprise. Sure. And so she looks at all of you. I beg of you please Lend your strength to help protect my city and the citizens. And you see her get up. And it's one of those kind of like typical, more European fashions. She prostrates herself and like bows in front of you all to give you a gesture of a sign that please, I need your help. I'm desperate kind of thing. I'm going to close the distance a little bit. And I'm going to say, Natalia, I'll help you. Why haven't you evacuated the city? Do you expect them to die? I... I... I'm expecting some damage, but that is why I have my forces starting to help some of the townsfolk board up their residences and start to make their way towards the more affluent districts further back in the city. I'm expecting the port and the closer area to the ocean to be the main battle ground. My job is to keep those pirates from getting any further into the city. And I will need you all to help me as the city's first line of defense. Especially since if with the information that you all provided me when you got here, the Black Armada is something that shouldn't be messed with and shouldn't be taken lightly. And... Knowing the fact that one of the Atas generals is making his way here is a little concerning, and I need to keep him from getting into the city. If I may bring up as well, I am also a bit worried that the Raksasha gentleman that 
we encountered in your throne room when we first arrived may be here to sabotage from the inside. Has anyone found anything on him or been able to account for his whereabouts? I looked into the matter and I couldn't really find anything else. And again, she kind of points to her murder board. I do the information that I was able to find is that he is connected to a boss, if you will. But I'm having a hard time trying to connect this Rakshasa's boss to the Black Armata. And so just for some clarification, and I do have permission to tell you this because it was set in game. So the Rakshasa's boss is connected to a tiefling named Abe. And because Corvus did mention this to the party way back <laughs> when things started getting going. But I'm having, as Lady Red Axe says, I know that he's connected to this tiefling who happens to reside in Baldur's Gate. But other than that, I'm not entirely sure if there's any connection between these two and the Black Armata. It was just a thought that our backsides may be hanging out behind us and have something creeping up that would distract either us or someone within the city as the Black Armada was cruising in. I will make sure that I stationed a couple of my guards and to keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. That's why we aren't taken by surprise as our focus is on the front side. Sounds reasonable. I can only speak for myself on this as I am no longer the captain of our ships, but I also will help you in this endeavor. I would greatly appreciate your help, and that actually brings me to my next thing. As I finalize and get the citizens ready to head on up to the upper echelons of the city, and having some of them hide out in the castle here. Anything that you need to get done, whether prepare yourself, take care of any business, I suggest you take care of it tonight. Because tomorrow morning, it's all hands on deck, and we will either turn the Black Automata around, or we will die trying to protect this city. How far away are they from your waters? Have your scouts seen them on the horizon? My scouts have told me that based on the course that they are coming in on, they will be here in about five hours. Now, granted, given that right now it's currently like towards the early early evening, so think of six o'clock at night. So actually, if we're... So think of it... So dawn. Yep, exactly. So that's the more accurate. They will arrive at dawn. Cool. I'm going to turn to the group, and I'm going to say... I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, if there's anything you need from the town, it should quickly and meet me by the dock is where they're going? Or, like, the docks is where they're... We're just sort of saying the right place? Yeah, so in the morning, y'all are going to make your way to the docks, and you will <laughs> meet yeah. there. Yeah. Take whatever you need and meet me by the docks. And I'm going to walk up to Natalia quietly, and I'm going to say, <laughs> I need to speak with you before I leave, and then walk out of the room. Cool. All right, 
So, Fila, you walk out of the room. Q has nothing he needs to shop for, so he'll follow Fila. Alrighty. So, Hugh, you don't really have anything to do. We're going to get to Fila in a little bit. Tidak, you wanted to do some shopping, correct? He's got Daddy's Black Amex card. <laughs> I mean, by Black Amex card, you mean about brand of gold we can play with yeah I don't okay so you're gonna go get some gear because you're probably gonna need it i wanted to ask you about picking up a pendant actually a okay a pa- pendant so yeah we can discuss it when we get to you Dodek, was there anything that you wanted to do in particular or are you pretty much good to go i was just gonna ask is there like a ner- nearby church or some sort of steeple nearby it's funny that you mentioned that, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, it's not no, like I'm religious or anything. All right, hold up. Okay, so this is going to be the interesting thing, because I know we talked about this off camera. So there is a temple. Yeah. There is a temple here in Waterdeep. Though, and you would know this, so you don't have to roll for this. There is a temple here. In this, in Waterdeep, but this temple is for those who, how do I put this? The temple is uh, basically the temple of Worship Umberleaf. a different pantheon? Well, not a pantheon, but a different deity than what you, pers- what you subscribe to. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. My bad. Because Dadek follows the order, which is completely different than the followers of Umberleaf. But you know that Umberly is one of the many water deities in this world. Now, if you if when you visit this temple, just be aware that some just like real life, some followers of different deities might be more cordial. Some of them may be a little hostile, depending on how these deities relationships are. But. You can definitely visit the temple if you wish. Yeah, first the uh, first thing I'm going to do is I'm figuring now the seaweed cape is starting to fall apart now, ain't it? You know what? Hold on. Let me roll. Just, let me roll. We can make it into excellent. <laughs> Damn, it's three. So it's it's no longer preserved like it dried out. And so now it's getting flaky and brittle with Hurry the calamari. Up, y- y'all can make some juicy with the meat that you got. But yeah, and now it's starting uh, to get a little this thing itchy. is starting to fall apart now, of course. I'm like handing any excess seaweed over to Corvus because he, <laughs> he knows how to wrap food up in seaweed, stuff like that. Corvus will and, be making sushi. Um, I look over at, uh, yeah, I look over at Tidak and I say, I know you're shopping. Get me a cloak if you can, preferably a red one. Give me money. <laughs> what is this, Captain Underpants? What the hell? You say that as... Uh, no. You say that as I'm like digging for coin. I just gotta pull up the and be honest with no you how much coin I've got. No capes. Oh yeah. Edna mode. Edna mode. No capes. <laughs> Can I just say Edna mode is my spirit animal sometimes? <laughs> I feel I feel like Dodger wouldn't wear a cloak, but he'd wear like a cape. Uh, in theory, about how much would like just a regular just like cloak cost? I will say, okay, it's not that expensive. If you're looking for a regular Coke that's not enchanted or has any properties to it, it'll run you like maybe two gold. Right. Did you say regular Coke and not like Diet Coke or something? (laughs) No, I said cloak, asshole. Literally, it is cloak zero. (laughs) It's cloak zero. 
can I have a cloak? What kind? Do you want the regular cloak? What the diet cloak? Do you want the cloak zero? Do you want the one can that I, smells like chair? Where instead of getting him a cloak, I get him a bib. It's one of those two in ones. <laughs> it's just what, what's funny is you guys are joking around about me like wanting to get a cloak, but personal personally, there is a reason why I'm wanting Tidak to get me a cloak. Ooh. I am the knight. And when I say cloak, I'm talking more like a. It's almost like one of those like half cloaks that go over your shoulder. You can kind of set them off to the side so they're not sitting on your shoulder. It's a cape. It's not. That, a that is actually cape. a term. Yes, but yes, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Do you want it to have a hood? But yeah, I hand I hand Tidak like two gold. Cool. Yeah, do you want it to have a hood? The hood's going to cost you extra. But I literally hand him the two gold and I say silver or red. Mm, White works too. I slap him upside the head. Wise ass. And it, ha- and it has to be from this year's collection. I want gold embroidery on <laughs> Yes. Literally make it a golden fleece without the magical properties. Ooh, you know what? That's a good idea for later. Alright. So Thadek, you get you give you give Tidak the gold to go shopping for you and for him. And so you're good. I'm assuming you're going to chill at the castle then. After I tell him that I'm going to go towards the temple, the church or cathedral, whatever it is. The ha- yeah. Temple. All right. And if there's some, some servant of this that's up front, I'd like to talk to them. Okay. So let just for my thing. So we can, so I can give time to everyone. So Tidak, you're going to go shopping. Dadek, you're going to go to this temple of Umberly. Fila is going somewhere, and Hugh, you are following her? Yep. Cool. Alright. Dadek, we'll start with you real quick. Dadek, as you approach this temple of Umberly, you are greeted with... So, think of this temple as like a typical like Grecian stylized temple to a deity it's marble like white marble and the architecture is very grecian and the more interesting part is that this temple is also on the basically built on the side of a cliff overlooking and as you're at the precipice of the entrance you see the temple i'm picturing this in my mind and this all i can say is this is beautiful yes so as you're standing on the precipice of the entrance of this temple you see the temple building itself But immediately behind it, towering above, you just see this large female figure, this statue of this beautiful woman who's outstretching her arms towards the sea and giving off like a very maternal energy and the way that she's being posed as she's like her arms and her hands are outstretched towards the sea as if to bless the sea and also protect this temple from the dangers of it. But it is a beautiful sight. And of course, as you're standing there at the entrance, you also feel the ocean breeze and kind of caressing your face as it blows through and you faintly smell the air of the sea and kind of breeze past your nostrils. But yeah, you entered this temple. If there's somebody like sweeping like the steps of the temple, I want to talk to them before stepping into the temple. Okay. So at the moment, you don't see a lot of individuals, especially since Lady Red X 
told you all that she's trying to she's in the process of evacuating the city. And that also includes some of the acolytes. However, you do see one individual who's meandering around the entranceway of this temple. I speak up to them, not speak up, but more or less to get their get their attention. Okay. Alrighty. So, Dadek, you speak up in this individual who's that it is a female figure and she is dressed in kind of this nice, like, teal colored garment with a matching hood. And around her garment of her robes is there's embroidered with like kind of gold. Basically, like like caricatures of like things you find in the ocean. So around the sleeves and the edges of her garment is like this golden wave pattern going around as well as different imprints of sea life and shells all over embroidered and ash this and this is sounding really pretty and so you can't really see her face at first but she takes off her hood a little bit and you see this kind of dark auburn colored hair and that's The thing that immediately catches your attention is that her eyes are very crystallized blue. So think of like the ocean in its cleanest form. So it's crystal clear. It's like crystal clear, like a light blue color, the same color eyes as the ocean. And she sees you and says, yes, is how can I help you? Forgive any intrudence I may be causing but i wish to know if it's if it would be available for me to pray in this temple even though i do not pray to your your deity i wish to ask for this one opportunity to take this moment and pray you one shot so this female individual says i see that you are i see that you are a believer of the order and she just gently smiles the Temple of Umberley is f- on friendly terms with the Order, so you, my son, are welcome any time here. Come on in, leads you inside of the temple. And as you get inside, once again, this is an open-air design to this temple, so the breeze of the ocean and the cliffside fill the room, and you are still fit- smelling that kind of sea salt air. And as you walk inside this temple... It's set up in a more typical, you have just basically this open floor design. And as you walk in closer, you find that there are just rows and rows of like marble pews in a sense. And then at the very back end of this temple is a more miniaturized version of the giant statue that you saw on the outside of what looks to be Umberly once again, stretching out her arms in a maternal way. As if she is reaching out to the what normally would be the people inside of the temple sitting in the pews offering her maternal guidance. And she guides you to one of the pews, Dodic, and she says, I do hate to ask you to do this, but we are in the middle of evacuating the city, so I will let you do what needs to be done. Please do not take long. I don't want you to be caught up in all of the craziness when things get started. 
And she says, but take the time that you need and I will be here if you need anything. And so she walks towards the back end of the temple to give you your space and to give you that reverence of whatever it is that you're going to do. So Dodek, it is just you sitting in this pew, onlooking and taking in the scenery of the temple, and also taking a look at this statue reaching as if she is reaching out directly to you. Okay, so first thing I do is I step out from the pews and approximately... I walk up approximately 10 feet from this statue, and I do a deep bow. And how did you say this deity's name again? So this deity's name, her name is Umberly. Umberly, okay. And as I take this deep bow, I say, Holy Umberly, I thank you for this chance to give this child a chance to pray. And then after that, I draw my sword out of the scabbard and gently place the tip of the blade on the ground. And I go down to one knee, and I press the... I've got basically my forehead pressing up against the handle of the sword. Pommel. And... No, because where I'm holding onto the handle, it's... I've got my brow placed on, like, my thumb. So I'm not necessarily putting the pommel to my head. But uh, for Darak, it's almost like everything but the statue, where it's so close to me, it gets almost like developed in like a white mist and underneath his breath and celestial he says holy baron chief of the gods protect me and mine in battle give us strength to face our adversaries without any fear and mother baroness protect us and heal us with your loving touch for I Darak the child of the Order of the Cross and Shield will either stand victorious by this day's end, or I shall be slain with sword in hand. Know this, Baron and Baroness, that I will not run from a fight when innocence may be harmed. And with this, he opens his eyes again, stands up, puts the sword back into the scabbard, one more time, bows, thanks this deity, and turns around. And as I'm walk, walking past this woman that brought me here, I pull out five more gold, and I place it in her hand. And I say, my donations to this temple. Thank you. And I walk out, and I start heading towards the, uh, the docks or the piers. Alrighty. So, Dadek, as you begin your descent back to... Pretty much where everything's going to go down in a, at, at dawn. You feel a little bit lighter. Not in a more physical sense, but more in the spiritual sense. Whatever it is that was weighing on you before has seemed to at least temporarily have been lifted from you. And regardless of whether you stand victorious in the end or you die going down without a fight... Whatever comes your way next, you are prepared and you have a clear mindset of what you need to do in order to try to make the best outcome possibly happen. And so as you keep that thought in your mind, you continue your descent back to the dot and you keep that in your mind and in your heart as you find solace in the fact that 
this is going to be a big turning point, not just for you, but for your compatriots as well. Alrighty. So we're going to cut over to Tidak. So, right. hi, Tidak. So you have decided to go shopping. I needed one or two things. Okay. So once again, you make your way down to the ports where all of you guys visited the Emporium before y'all headed to go meet with your Dampier underneath the Yawning Portal. So once again, you step inside this mega store of items that has a bunch of things in it. So I know that Dodic asked you to get him a capelet, preferably silver or red. But what were you looking in particular? I, I would really like to have a way to get back up after falling down. Since it seems to be a habit here, I was wondering if I could find a necklace of wound closure. Okay, so you are looking for a periap of wound closure then. How the hell did you know that off the top of your head? So, funny thing, and this is just a quick sidebar. In the Academy, our Chris, our dungeon master, gave at the beginning of the campaign, gave each of our characters a magical item on a table that he rolled for. And so when he rolled for me, mine ended up on the parry of wound closure. So I'm very familiar with that because I have that in that game. And I also have gotten it a couple other times in the other campaigns that I have played in. And let me tell you, that thing is very helpful. It will be very useful in this situation. I went down like twice the last time I played fighting creature. So I would like one of those and four potions of greater healing. Okay. All right. So potions of great. So you want four potions of greater healing? Yes. Cool. And what would you price the parry at that? So let me tell you this. So here is so here's how it's going to go. So for your potion of greater healing, uh, that is going to be 100 gold for each of them because <laughs> those things are not cheap. And then if you want the parry app of wound closure, that is going to be that's going to cost you 150 gold. OK, I can afford it. All right. So for four greater healing potions, that's going to be 400 plus the 150 for the Periat of Wound Closure. Your grand total comes out to 550 gold. And I still have 665 left. Yeah, because you got a lot from winning that fight earlier I in the campaign. Give me one gold right now. Yeah. And then I, I'll search for this uh, pink cape. A pink cape? <laughs> I want to get one pink one, one black one, and one red one. I want a full oh. cloak for the pink. I want a full cloak for the black. And I want that special one for the red. So, yeah, you're able to find those capes. So, wait, I would like to take those capes and then I would end my adventure. OK. So you get those capes with your four greater healing potions and your periap of wound closure. And you make you're just they stuff it in a nice little bag for you. I was going to wrap all the other capes nice and neatly inside the pink one and just say, yeah, this is red, right? <laughs> we come to find out Tidak is colorblind. <laughs> Alrighty. You get all the things and then you exit the Emporium and you make your way back to the castle to just rest. 
So this is where we're going to call the session for tonight because we're going to pick back up next time. We're going to see what Hugh and Fila were up to. And then we're going to jump straight into this big ass fight the next morning. So be ready because it's going to be a long one when we meet back again. But that is going to be it for this episode of Call of the Deep. Thank you so much for listening. When we come back with the next episode, we will see what Fila and Hugh are up to. And then we're going to jump into the penultimate grand climax of this Waterdeep arc. Will our team survive this oncoming pirate attack? Who knows? You're going to have to come back and find out. <laughs> but from all of us here at Vibe Tribe Productions and Call of the Deep, we will catch you next episode. But until then, we'll see you around. Ta-ta for now. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.